Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Welcome back to the Propane Business Podcast. This is episode three of how to grow an online fitness business. Johnny is currently chortling in the background, so if you hear any background noise, that's him giggling. I'm going to be interviewing Johnny and Yusuf about the mindsets around growing an online fitness business, and hopefully I'll be able to ask some of the questions that you guys might want to ask in terms of that and unlock some of the behaviors they've learned to adopt over the years that kind of helped them to grow the fitness business and continue its growth over time. So welcome, guys, to your own podcast. Welcome. Welcome to that. What a strange sensation to be introed into your podcast. Well, there you go. This is also the least prepared we've ever been for a podcast, I think. So speak for yourself. I've got notes. Oh, God. Okay, so I've just been dropped in then. Although I think I've got notes on things that I'm not going to be asked about. So well, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe I'll give you some space to talk about it at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Who knows? It's like revising for an exam and you turn up for you realise you're in a totally different one. The Mr. Bean sketch where he realises right at the end that when he flips over the, the second exam paper oh. is the exam that he's prepared for. That's everyone's nightmare material, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> I'm trying to think. That may have happened to me. There's a really? good chance that I did that comedic oh i revised for the wrong test i wasn't the most organized child i know someone that that literally missed the degree mark that he wanted or needed because he didn't turn over the final page of the exam paper like it is what do you say like you you leave the example and they say i read question three i didn't do any of it because i only saw it two minutes before what do you say to that person because is that part of the assessment like the ability to turn over paper (laughs) i think if you're at that point in your life and you're getting appraised on page turning something's gone wrong true it's true yeah i also question oh sorry i just want to say i've done a similar thing where i missed the submission date by a month oh that's one of my friends one of my friends in the course texts me like ah how's the paper going i was like it's like during a month i mean i've not started it no and they're like it's today and i was like ah that's horrible there needs to be a name for that phenomenon because we've all done it where like you're tracking your macros meticulously and you go over by a really precise amount because you forgot to track like a complete meal and you're like oh brilliant i've got 800 calories left to eat for today 865 calories and you eat exactly 865 (laughs) calories over your target (laughs) especially when the final meal is a weird combination of like haribo and dark chocolate and a scoop of whey and then you realize that fun. all of that was just surplus anyway. So we're going to talk about a little bit about that today, about moments where you realize mistakes had been made. And, and I just, I guess the first thing I wanted to ask was really about the, the initial mindset you had setting up propane and your ambitions for it. Because I think part of something, part of growing an online fitness business is to want to do it in the first place. So when you two started it out, what did you envision it looking like? What were your kind of goals for it at the start? Nothing like it is now. 
I think we it was honestly a not I wouldn't a, a joke's maybe a bit harsh, but it, we we weren't serious about it at all for quite some time, and it started out as being something that was a total side project that I think Yusuf was a lot more into than me in the earlier days. So I can remember <laughs> I can remember texting him about it about the idea which was Optimum Fitness Systems, and then I like didn't reply to him for a while. And he just used to text me saying, like, Johnny, what's happening with Optimum Fitness Systems? Question, like, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. So I think Yusuf was quite keen to get it started. And I was like, yeah, it was interesting, but not that exciting. I don't really remember when we, when it became, like, a proper thing. I don't remember the point at which it did. I don't know whether you do, Yusuf. I think once we sunk big, we raised venture capital of £100. <laughs> 100, pounds. 100 pounds. 100 pounds VC. <laughs> Yeah, to put it into locking on doors in the tomb, hosting, (laughs) um, domain name, and yeah. But I think the actual the mindset, and I think this is something that everyone needs to do if they're starting any project, is if you start anything with a money goal, you're going to be disappointed because money is the effect of adding value. The whole point of the way the economy works is that. You provide a service and you are compensated for that service. And so you need to be thinking from the focal point of what is the value that I can add to the economy? What is the the gap that I'm bridging? Or what is the pain that I'm solving for a potential client? And one way to even do that is rather than trying to innovate, which is really, that's where we went wrong, like we tried to reinvent the wheel with everything, is find a model that is working and say, okay, how can I do that better? There's a great guy I've been following recently called Nick Huber on on Twitter. Who's a he owns a multi million pound storage company, mm-hmm. it's like a really boring company. But he said, like, all I did was I looked around my local town and I saw that there was another store, another couple of storage companies that were still using fax machines and clipboards, and I was like, oh, I could do that a bit better. And that's what happened. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that that's awesome. And I think another thing that I know it was a bit blasé in the way you talked about it, but Yusuf, you deciding that Optimum Fitness Systems, which is not now, obviously it's propane fitness, but like even giving giving the name to something, it gives it a life because nothing was happening. But still in your head, Yusuf, I think something was happening. So I think, like, <laughs> that happens a lot. But, <laughs> But in terms of, I think that's so, you know, obviously providing value first and not being money oriented with your goal setting, at least at the start, obviously that's a fairly strong indicator of growth, but it's a, it's a lag indicator. It's not something that's, you're not going to be, you're not going to make more money and then that's going to help you provide more value. It definitely happens the other way around. And then also just deciding or giving your project a name, giving it even like making that decision, I think that's the first, that's the little germ, germinating seed. Whereas if you're like, oh, I want to be an online coach, maybe that's fine. That's a good starting point. But I think once you start taking it seriously, it does become something more than that. It, it becomes a business as opposed to a sort of want that you want to do. But yes, I think probably people listening to this probably slightly beyond that point. Now I want to take it. So when you did start taking it seriously in inverted commas what did that look like what did that feel like in terms of and also when was that in the timeline of propane fitness like when did you start taking it seriously in your head so we started it 
while we were at still at uni i think like our timelines on this are a bit blurry i think like we both think about it as starting at separate times but we were still at uni and we were still doing it as very much just like a I remember we'd write an article and then like I'd post it on my personal social media and Yusuf would do the same. And then we'd post about it like on the the, the Propin Fitness Facebook and the article would get loads of clicks and still nothing would happen. But then like when we both went into corporate world, I think we started taking it more seriously. I can remember watching a video. I don't know, you might remember this Yusuf. I don't think we've spoken about this since I sent you this video actually. I watched a video about with Jim Wendler, who's the author of 531, talking about how he made 531 as big as it is. And the advice he gives is don't, exactly what Yusuf just said, don't do it for money for as long as you can. Like, don't rely on it for an income for as long as you can. So I think when we started getting the first hints of inquiries for clients and that sort of thing, and started actually making money through the business, and we'd incorporated the business, we had a business bank account, which was an absolute fucking ball, like getting the business bank account, but that's a separate... Like, I was in York, Yusuf was in Edinburgh, there was a third director at the time, he was in Newcastle. We were having to fax bits of paper to each other. I was Life. on the uni campus. We had to be, at the same time, synchronised. Yeah, in Santander branches around the country, signing things and faxing it. But yeah, so we started to make money, and I think that was when we started taking it seriously. But I just remember that mindset of every penny we we make, we don't, we're not taking it out of the business. And I think, like, having that view for a long time of, we don't need this to live on for ages so everything we generate is going back into the business and we use that as a way to like improve things and buy things as we needed it and stuff like that there is one one other thing as well which jim wendler has done perfectly and i think we did pretty terribly and actually if we were to start this again this is from a branding perspective i'm sure you've got some stuff to add on this alex but we put so much actually we did we put so little thought into the the branding of the the company just optimum fitness systems followed by propane which was a joke and then we were like oh, actually that's quite funny let's just go with it but that still required a lot of thinking and okay which domain to buy etc we put very little thought into the unique mechanism and this is something that actually in hindsight you should be putting the most thought into and not worrying so much about your logo and your brand and things because your unique mechanism is the the hook that gets people to buy. Alex, anything to to add? Well, on? so I think we way back in episode two of how to start an online fitness business. I think me and Johnny talked about there's ways that you can position yourself in the market. There is who you serve, what you serve them to achieve, and then how you achieve it. And then what you're talking about there is the how you achieve it, or maybe it might be the what you serve, but really it's the how you achieve it because creating a new fitness goal although crossfit did this like very strangely like that didn't exist as a thing there wasn't people weren't testing whatever the fitness that crossfit tests was not being tested in life before that they filled Um, an unarticulated want in people which was i don't want to be a bodybuilder but i also don't want to be a runner and i don't want to be a weightlifter and i want a cool name a cool thing to tie it all together i want to feel better than everyone else that's (laughs) No, it's true. It's Yeah, I think the unarticulated side of things, to get really deep, would speak to that. It's, there wasn't anything in the fitness space necessarily, or not anything that had been articulated clearly enough. And having that unifying, as you said, like that unifying method of delivery, which is CrossFit in this example, we're talking about 531 or 5x5 five five, or intermittent fasting or... Lean gains, like he nailed it gains. as well. 
or yeah, like literally, uh, it doesn't really matter the niche, it doesn't really matter the target goal, but if there's a way that you can package what you're doing in a succinct way, that's very helpful. Now, that's not necessarily like a a growth mindset kind of thing, but it's something that if you're starting out, you definitely need to consider what that might be for you because it can just, it just makes, it makes the potential for growth much higher. It's not that it's like, you know, the day-to-day is not necessarily going to be affected by that because you're still going to be coaching the way you coach, but it's, in terms of like virality, and this might be getting a little bit too well, into the weeds of branding, but in terms of virality, like people need to be able to, if you can say it in a sentence to someone, or if you can say it, that's a real good test for a book idea or for any real kind of idea of whether or not it's going to have mass appeal is if someone can express it, not all of it, obviously it's more complex than just that, but if it can be expressed in a sentence, then it has to have a hook. It's likely to transfer to people. Other people are going to be able to share that idea. This is why Lean Gains, I think, is probably the best example of it because it, like, it's exactly what it says on the tin, and everyone wants that. He's just monetized it terribly, though, hasn't he? Unfortunately, he came up with it and then did nothing for about six years while everyone else stole his ideas and monetized his idea, and then he brought out a book. Gregor just like, no, and got work. Alan Aragon to do the uh, the forward for it. Yeah, I think something that you you maybe aren't giving us credit for, so I'm going to make sure we get credit for it is the the propane protocol which is still the name of our program yeah the first iteration of that was completely free and we spent and this is one of the things that i've written down in my notes that alex is going to ask me about three minutes ago before the end the, we spent 350 quid or something like that on getting an infographic made for the propane protocol which was at the time was a massive decision and that became things something that people were referring to so like the propane protocol was something that people were i remember reading stuff on reddit about like people comparing it to car backloading and comparing it to lean gains and that, and that was where i was like oh my god what have we done some Yusuf, we need to check what we've written in that pdf in that in that infographic to make sure it isn't just shit but yeah so i think we but weirdly we took that away for a long time and then we stopped having the propane protocol for ages and it was only actually two or three years ago we relaunched it and it became like the paid program. And still the, the PDF, that infographic still exists, I think. But yeah, so we like had a had a unique mechanism without really realizing it. Then thought, ah, oh, well, that's free. That doesn't, that hasn't achieved anything. And then so we, I, I, I think, I think what this is, comes down to productizing yourself, which I, that sounds like a wanky word, but I think it makes sense. Productizing, <laughs> as opposed to being like, I'm a trainer and I help people do this and then maybe if you want to do this we can do this together it's i sell this product which is this method helps you do this and i think that so that so having that as part of the kind of mindset or part of the foundation of your business is very important that like you're a product you're not just some person that does teachings yeah um, and you can be but it, it's not going to be it's not going to help your growth like you can say that you can be really particular about oh, i really want to get this really custom so and that's maybe something you can offer but it's still on the front end people need to understand who you are and by being a product it's far easier for them to understand it than you so, just yeah and, and actually even if your whole brand is custom fit that can be a unique mechanism in itself mm-hmm. but as you said be deliberate about it you can i'm sure there's a it's ringing about tailored nutrition or genetic blueprint dna program like so whatever it is like if this the unique mechanism is that it's individualized then that's the mechanism like it just has to be put into a, a package exactly so, yeah so name stuff productize stuff and what was the other one the other mindset we just talked about 
it was oh yeah about not being money driven so working from the principle of providing value as opposed from the principle of searching for revenue and coming from that place to start with linked to that is not relying on the finances of it straight away Mm-hmm. So I think like you, you just tee yourself up for failure if you're expecting the day after you put your Wix website together to be made, to be drawing in a monthly income from the online fitness business because yeah. you're forced down these routes of okay which niche has the most money rather than which niche yeah. can I provide the most value to and then how much can I charge for my program rather than what's reasonable to charge for my program and all these sorts of decisions. How does that then affect your decision making as well? Yeah. Yeah, and I, well, so that, that's a, the next sort of bit that I wanted to transition to what was some of the decision-making mindsets because I've, I've worked with you guys for a few years now in several different arms of the propane octopus. <laughs> Empire, I think I, I prefer to be. Yeah, but like in terms of decision-making, like it's this, there's definitely a mixture of, I know you're both incredibly passionate about the business, but there is also, a, there's also, there's like a sort of lack of emotion in some of the decision-making. And I, I think from what I've experienced, you know, in my own life and then from the outside that i think is one of the key to your guys successes is the kind of being able to analyze and remove the emotion from some of the decision making is that something that you did so not right at the start when you weren't taking it too seriously because there wouldn't be too much emotion involved in that but once you said oh i'm in this corporate job we both like to leave this corporate job so this is now serious was it something that you were immediately oh let's be really analytical or did you have to fail by being emotional to learn not to be analytical that's do you a want very to hear, question. Oh, do you want to hear a great <laughs> analogy that yeah. I've just come up with? And yeah, I think it applies. To I would this. love nothing more. If you've ever watched Chris Tarrant on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, <laughs> I think it's now Jeremy Clarkson, <laughs> isn't it? Or It is, yeah. Is it? Yeah. What are the three options when you don't know the answer? <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's phone a friend, 50-50, and ask the audience. And they're all really powerful tools. Alex is losing it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how you can make your business decisions if you don't know what to do. So phone a friend is hire a coach. You you, You pick a friend in advance. You don't just phone a random, you don't phone your idiot mate. You phone like someone who knows what they're talking about and knows about Spanish architecture. And you're like, ah, I'm going to phone Rob because Rob knows about Spanish architecture. And then he goes, yeah, mate, what you want to do? It's C, it's Barcelona. No, it's definitely not Madrid. That was 1833. Brilliant. (laughs) The next one is 50-50. So this is to do with minimizing the number of decisions that you have to make. So you either, you split test between two products rather than 50 products. You reduce things down to as few funnels as possible. Preferably one offering, one funnel. You limit the the scope of decisions that you have to make. And that's just great for bandwidth and it's great for being able to collect more data because unless you're Amazon and you have billions of hits, then you're not going to be able to generate data from user behavior. And as as Johnny and Jeff Bezos, Johnny Bezos always says, he who has the most data wins. The third one is ask the audience. Like, And that, that's like the big guns that you bring out when you really don't know. And that's just using customer feedback to create your next program rather than doing what you think would be cool. And that was the mistake we made repeatedly early on is we we made stuff that we thought would be cool. And then it, it didn't land with our target audience. And instead it, it ended up only appealing to other personal trainers because they're the only people that care so much about the fractional synthetic rate of leucine. And so instead 
every time you run an ad or you run some creative or you're launching a new product, get feedback from the people who are looking to buy your stuff. That was brilliant, sir. That was, yeah, that was incredibly profound. You've you've literally just come up with that. Just come up with that. We might have to put that on the channel. little clip. I mean, I think we can even... That's so good that I think like we can even refer back to that as... We as, can productize that. The who wants to be a millionaire growth method. <laughs> there it is. That's well, our... Chris method. Tarrant can tell you about growing your online fitness business. <laughs> Why Jeremy Clarkson really punched that guy in BBC. <laughs> you said on fire today. What's the question? The question was, it was about emotionality and decision-making within your business. All right, yeah. And Yusuf has said that he basically, I think there's, well, either defer to experts, defer to your audience, or ensure that you're testing something that's as narrow as possible. So there's something Um, even more meta than that, which is actually the way that you answered the question, which is that we both use a lot of mental models in our decision-making. So it's like part of the challenge is there's lots of things to decide on all the time. Mm-hmm. And you just basically professionally make decisions about things. You don't really know what you're doing constantly. So how do you tackle that when underneath all of it, it's like, fuck, if this doesn't work, like, we're not going to lose all our money. I'm not going to make any money. So you just, you have to have something to default to because otherwise it, it can just get, it can just overwhelm you. And I think I struggled with that more than Yusuf, who's like, for people listening, it's hard to appreciate, but Yusuf, imagine Yoda from Star Wars. Imagine working with Yoda and then like you're, you, something happens, you're like, oh, fuck, no, this is really stressful. And Yoda just goes, worry, do not. <laughs> and then that's basically... In air, do you want to be? <laughs> Funnel conversion, what is? <laughs> that's basically it. So Yusuf's always found it, I think, a lot easier than me. I used to get very stressed by things like people cancel, people complain something goes wrong something like the website goes down but if you have a process to default to or like a way of thinking or like a a platitude to remind yourself of, i think it makes the decision making easier because ultimately i think if it's you versus a a competitor and the competitor is more rational and less emotional in their decision making under the same circumstances they will run circles around you over and over again and it's not that like running a business is just a, a race that you've got to win but ultimately like the way you operate mentally and emotionally is reflected in how the business operates as well. So the better you can get at, okay, this is objectively pretty stressful, but I have to still operate effectively. The decisions are going to come down to us and how we process this. So I think it's like a partly a personality thing. Like we both come from like a mathematical financial background. We're both pretty weird as well, which I think helps. And then the going through enough like emotional things in business you learn okay the the best way to deal with this is just have a mental model like what would chris tarrant do or what would the person sit opposite chris tarrant do here and then that's amazing no that's really good so we've got five minutes left a short but sweet podcast but i think it's been a great one so a couple quick questions i've just sort of i think what i see is like general business twitter terms that or boardroom platitudes and whether or not in running a successful online business you've had to adopt these mindsets or not. So, first one, positivity or optimism. Where has that factored into the propane fitness journey? Is it something that you felt like 
you need to wake up every day and do a power pose and scream at Becca, it's going to be great! (laughs) (laughs) So I think the three of us are too British and sarcastic to be able to handle that kind of false positivity bias that a lot of the, like, these kind of people put out on social media a lot of the time it's completely fake anyway like you see the put you see that same kind of person off camera and they're nothing like that it's all just a, a front and there's a great subreddit if you're interested and you're listening called instagram reality which just has like people getting shots of instagram influences and things like but off angle like from behind the scenes and it's insane it's absolutely brilliant so yeah, I think for us, like that, the whole kind of positivity thing, it's a bit like instead we would rather go with looking at the data and saying, okay, what is the market telling us and how can we respond to that? And I think the more you can see reality as it is, obviously it helps to have a slight positive tint so that you're not down on yourself all the time, but you've got to be able to live in reality and not just in total denial. (laughs) Yeah, I think the... The, the stuff that the only thing that's even close to that, I suppose, is the coming back to what can I do about it and the control that you can control, the kind of stoic view on it. If something's going really well, that's brilliant, but it probably won't last. That's again, that's something I've learned a lot from Yusuf that like the impermanence of it all. So if it's bad, it's only going to be bad for a bit. If it's good, it's only going to be good for a bit. But it's a middle line. As long as the middle line of that big flux of emotion is, is gradually trending upwards, then it's probably fine. But I think the most often we say something like great or brilliant or that's fantastic is when it's deeply sarcastic. (laughs) I have been misreading our Telegram threads, though. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, Alex, this is fantastic. I've been been in America too long. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. It's a terrible job. You don't have a good day all the time. Yeah. Oh, God bless America. I, I do the sort of thing about America where, oh, how you doing? And they're like, oh, no, oh, you all right? And they just can't deal with that as a sentence. They think you're asking them if they're actually all right. I'm fantastic, good. sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have, you have a fantastic day. You have, a, you have day. a great day. So that there we go. If you want to see that kind of saccharine attitude in action is if you search on youtube at the moment for some of the like karen mask drama stuff where you've got like some karen in a shop and they're arguing with the person filming and and then they're like ma'am you you have a great day ma'am something like that and and they're clearly just being really aggressive to each other (laughs) but it's still really polite yes so in terms of positivity again drawing back to the data and trending upwards slightly as it as you continue in the business but not looking for this kind of high and low because that's not the best way to steer a ship anyways the the data is the most is the most relaxing part of the whole thing. Like you just forget, forget emotions. Like you wake up and you're like, oh god, oh, and you look at the numbers and you're like, oh yeah, it's fine. I so, have to so that, that's a little week. that's a little window into Johnny's life. So he, he doesn't read fiction before bed. <sighs> I just look at I just look at some spreadsheets. Yeah, looks at spreadsheets and oh. So sometimes if I'm with Johnny and like he'll open up Excel, I have to be like, whoa, no, wake up, Johnny, because he'll just instantly lose consciousness. Like a lullaby. <laughs> one minute. Next. Anything like else? One minute. Anything else? I want to ask something really important. Yes. What's the black thing around your neck, you said? So, this is from AliExpress. 
people listening will have to describe it. It's like a it's it like a, a backpack, but without the backpack, and it's a posture fixer. Ah, and you can adjust the tightness of it. On the yeah, strap. it's pretty good. Have you? How long have you been trying it for? Only a couple of weeks. So, as oh, you can tell, it's, it's a, there's a YouTube video brewing. All oh, right. Uh, what we've seen there is a little glimpse behind the scenes of something that maybe by the time you're listening to this has already happened and happened ages ago, but now is yet to occur. In podcast, yeah, broken the fourth wall. <laughs> I had loads of things to say on this episode. We'll do a part two then. Brilliant. We might have to. Yeah, Johnny's not got through his notes and still on question one of the... Um, <laughs> Who wants to be a millionaire? This is the £100 question. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is £32,000. That's banked, but we don't want to give you that. Brilliant. We'll see <laughs> you next Monday. What I'd like you to think about, Yusuf, for next time is on the current iteration of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, there's no longer, or at the moment, I think normally in the non-COVID times, there's still an Ask the Audience. Now there's two phone of friends. So that's like having two coaches. But there's also an Ask Jeremy. And what's that in the business toolkit? So I'll let you yeah. think about it. We'll, we'll, we'll have to think about, about that. How's that for a cliffhanger? Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.